The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Why are you dressed like a hockey goalie in our living room? Well, you know how I said that we really needed to save more? So you're dressed like a goalie because you make saves? Yes. Maybe we should just go to Navy Federal Credit Union. They have tons of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. Oh, what a save! (sighs) Grow your finances with the official military appreciation partner of the NHL, Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured, not obligations of Navy Federal, and may lose value. Content warning for intimate partner violence, sexual violence, and violence against the gay community. Someplace underneath. How's your day on FME? A lot of little mini crises. Just fine. Everything's fine. How's the dog? Come she's okay. Eating. She's still in the ER. Really? She must have ate a lot of chocolate. I mean, technically not really. It's What I've learned from this experience is that little dogs, well, any dog, but especially if the dog's little and it's the darker the chocolate, the more dangerous it is. And that's all I eat is dark chocolate. And... Like, it uh, it's fucking crazy. It took her probably 30 seconds to consume those, like, five squares of chocolate. Uh. I was gone for 10 minutes. I didn't realize it was even, a, like, I didn't know it was on the table. It was under stuff. I had no idea it was there. She did that in 30 seconds, probably. And now it's just been, like, seven days of just, like, taking her back and forth to the hospital because it fucks up their guts so much. Like, thankfully, I found the wrapper because... You wouldn't have known. You've been like, baby, what's wrong? Yeah, because they give it gets gives them seizures and stuff. What? Like they can die, they can drop over. See, this is why I don't feed dogs. I'm like eating, and my roommates they have dogs, and like their friends have dogs that come over, and they always beg with those puppy eyes, and I'm like, I can't feed you. I don't. I'm sorry. I think it's it would be bad for you. Yeah, I. To me, my mind immediately goes to, I could never have a. I don't know how people have children. No, like I'm so upset about this stupid dog <laughs> that I love already after having her for a month and I'm like I, I'm so, like can't sleep and stuff like how do you do this with a child yeah if a dog dies you don't go to jail uh, yeah also I just like emotionally I just it's too much it's too much imagine if you had a kid and a gun in the house I mean unfortunately that is very um that's a lot I y- wouldn't sleep I'd be freaking out I, it, it's the the <laughs> I actually was just reading an article today uh, about a, a two-year-old who just shot his pregnant mother because their family gun was sitting out. Huh? Yeah. So not only did the kid kill his mother and his unborn sibling, but 
will have to live with that forever, that he murdered his family. Oh, he's going to be an alcoholic, a baby alcoholic. I killed my oh. mother. Can I give another glass of milk, please? That's very sad. <laughs> Pull one out for the bartender, please. I had no. a bad day. Oh, God. <laughs> That's very... actually not funny. Um... <laughs> no, sometimes you have to just because it's so dark. Um yeah, I was please about please this. put your guns in safes if you go, if you're a gun for the yeah. love of God, don't have loose guns around. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like it's hair, loose hairs. Yeah, like, we had a gun growing up, but like they taught me how to use, and I don't remember them having it when I was a baby. Did they just leave it out on the floor? No, <laughs> because that's how a two year old gets one. That's why I'm fired up today. So, uh, welcome to Simply Underneath and Mallory Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, yeah, that sucks, man. Don't do that to your child. If, if anything else, don't make your child kill you and they yeah. have to live with that for the rest of their life. But the brighter side is you have a dog, so you can have a gun. That you is the brighter the side. It would be cute if my dog accidentally shot me. Carmelita. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> with a little baby pistol. Yeah, it'd be kind of cute. <laughs> um, uh, also, hey, at the top of the show here. Now that we've gotten all that out of the way, right. uh, I wanted to give a shout out and a recommendation to anyone uh, who may or right now or in the future need to seek abortion care in our country, which is uh, really facing a lot of problems for uh, pregnant people who can get pregnant. Um, our dear friend helps run a website and a, an organization called I Need an A. It's I-N-E-E-D-A-N-A dot com. And the org has worked very hard to make abortion access available to everyone um, across the country. They can assist with getting people to clinics. Uh, They can get you pills by mail, help you navigate laws by state, access funds for certain cases, travel support, legal and medical advice, hotlines, etc. Because um, they they really want to make it clear that if you try to go through Google, it's being really heavily populated with the pregnancy centers that are fake um, they don't have like any medical training and they will try to trick you. Oh, is this the place where like, well, you got to have an ultrasound first. And then they'd be like, don't you don't, you know, want to keep this precious thing. And they they say they give you diapers, but mm-hmm. then they don't. And they lie. Yeah. And women do this. They also some they've been known um, like undercover people have gone in and they will lie about abortion laws and say, oh, you can't. It's too late. Even <gasps> if it's not. So oh. and those are those are all over Google. Um, so if. She would like us to get the word out. If you want to go just straight to INeedAnA.com, you're going to have a lot better yeah. results. See, I was having an argument with somebody who lives in Mississippi about abortions. And I said, if I were there and I got raped, I would be, and I got pregnant, I'd be screwed. They'd be like, you can get an abortion in Mississippi. Hush. And I was like, no, you can't. And they're like, yes, you can. And they like they were referring to these clinics. They have no idea that it's fake. Yeah. It makes me so mad, Natalie. Yeah, and it, there's a level of cognitive dissonance, too, with a lot of people where a lot of women who've had abortions go fight at the in front of the clinics because they in their minds they're just like, well, not me because I did it for imp- this reason. Right, I'm special. These people are, are just, they're just partying and they just like to get abortions because yeah. it's fun. Um, yeah. No, it's very annoying. Um, <laughs> everything's really annoying today. Oh, yes, the uh, ladies that do this to make me upset. I'm like, honey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? These men don't care about you. Are they doing it to get some conservative dick because they think it's going to be good? Because these men are oh, going to throw no you way. down a mine shaft the second they want to. There's no way that dick is good. No way. You suck on my Bud Light too. They they don't care about women's pleasure in under any circumstance. They would not be good to have sex with. 
I'm right. going to just say that as a blanket statement. I don't know. I've been on a dates with a couple conservatives just to see, and I've never had sex with them. And you know what? I don't think they would be good in bed. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Yep. I don't think they would. <laughs> just um, these guys, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're not interested in women's rights at all, you're not going to be interested in women's pleasure. Why can't I come in you? I mean, sometimes that's fine. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice. Uh, All right. So who are we talking about today, Natalie? (laughs) Well, okay. So we're starting a new uh, bit of a series. And since we're recording this during Pride Month, though this will not come out until after Pride Month, um, I wanted to take this time to look at some of the cases where the person's gender and identity almost certainly played a part in the really vile crimes and the cases of missing people that have happened um, obviously, to probably most of you, Amber and I are both pretty cishet, straight presenting women. I do have a cis hat. You do have a cis hat, yes. <laughs> it's a sister. Um, so, uh, you know, we are obviously more, we would be more cishet, straight presenting people, though you would have never believed that by the number of times the D slur was screamed at me in high school. Oh, cool. Did they like throw a Pepsi can at you? Like a... Rocks. I got a, mil- a full milk thrown at me once. What? Um, yeah, it was, oh man, high school, man. Woo! I miss it. <laughs> I miss high school. Best what a time good time. <laughs> mm. um, but now I'm just some regular old bitch. So... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that works? Like, just society changed. I really didn't change that much except my hair's longer. I don't have a shaved head, but I, in my body, was, in my, the way I acted and presented, was considered, like, radical. And now I'm pretty normal-ish, like, to other people. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I rewatched this movie from the early 2000s. Something blue. It's like a football movie. Yeah. The blue boys or the blue something. I was never, I don't know. I, I, I'm i sure. And they were just correct. throwing the F word around. And I was like, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. There's times. It feels like I'm watching like like a time capsule a hundred yeah. years in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it sometimes. The fashion alone was just tragic in general. Yeah. I do kind of miss the early 2000s fashion. I mean, there's, I like it now almost in an, an ironic way. There's, mm-hmm. I'm like, I bought a slip baby doll like a satiny dress recently. I was like, I'm into this. I'm into this part. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so obviously I'm coming a little bit from the outside of this form of discrimination and and danger that somebody who maybe isn't cishet presenting would be. But I thought we should talk about some of the stories that are current and people who are missing who may or may not have faced sexual-based violence simply for existing. Um, I think no one will be shocked and stunned by my assertion that this kind of violence often comes from a deeply rooted toxic masculinity, a phrase that obviously gets thrown around a lot nowadays. It gets said a lot, but almost to the point where it loses its meaning. (laughs) Right. Uh, But it's it is a very real and destructive force for progress of any kind. Uh, You know, it's that sort of. Um, poo-pooing any sort of self-analysis about your own fears and biases and desires that may make you seem vulnerable. And and when that happens, you get really mad. And then when you get really mad, you hurt people. Right, because there is a Kinsey scale. 
I mean, yeah. I don't know like how maybe that's been debunked. I don't know. But there's a, a scale of sexuality and a spectrum. And some right. people might be totally, totally on the other side. Some people might be kind of in the middle. Sure. And if somebody's somewhere even in the middle and they're living within a, a community or a society which tells them that that is not OK. Yeah. Sometimes that they then they sort of internalize that, internalize it, internalize it. And then suddenly it explodes out of them and. They don't know how to they've been told over and over they're not supposed to be upset by it. Right. But you are because you're a person, you know, you have emotions. And so that's what I mean by toxic masculinity. A lot of times and this is in relation to the case we're about to talk about. I'm not just spouting this off randomly, but, um, you know, a lot of times when you say somebody um, from the LGBTQ plus community was experiencing sexual violence sometimes that's where I'm going to jump to the conclusion that maybe the perpetrator's own personal journey (laughs) uh, is because you know they might have been led there by um, certain self self self-loathing perhaps they want to have sex with a person and they feel like they can't and over many years, that oh. develops into violence, right? So I've seen that on Twitter with a lot of right wing men mm-hmm. that I kind of follow and look at their page. I'm like, I think you might be attached gay, honey. And he's like so angry about it. I mean, you know how many of those kind of guys end up getting caught on like Grinder and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Just fucking be, yeah, suck a dick. Nobody gives a shit. They're putting themselves in their own prison for no reason. Exactly. So many of these cases we discover the person causing the violence was struggling with their own sexuality and growing up in their own fear-based upbringing. And uh, by the way, I should say toxic masculinity can be acted out by men and women. Women also are sort of victims of this in their own heads as well. Those are the women outside the the little centers. They're yes. like lying to you. Right. For sure. And and it's often they're they're putting their own form of that onto their own children and it's a cycle, you know, it just keeps going down. And so I'm going off on a tangent, but today I wanted to talk about a missing man, a young a really young man named Jimmy J. Lee. He goes by J. Lee, but his name's Jimmy. Um, At the time of this recording, authorities have arrested a man who has been indicted for the murder of Jay Lee. So this is new. It's 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 from last year was Mm -hmm. when the missing case happened. It's still in the middle of there's still a trial to happen. So though we're still awaiting that trial. So the man's been indicted, but we're still awaiting the jury trial. And so I also wanted to clarify this because. Um, I'm obviously not a, a law professional, but I didn't even really understand what indictment meant because he got indicted by a grand jury. And I was like, well, that means it's over, right? <laughs> oh, it's done. It's not. That's it's not what that means, actually. Um, so let me just very quickly explain this to people who don't understand it, like myself. Um, so indictment is not conviction. An indictment means that a grand jury saw evidence that us as the public has still not seen Um, and they are given this body of evidence and it basically they have a jury group of like a jury pool of people help the state decide that it's enough evidence to say all right this guy's officially charged with this crime so in an indictment the grand jury 
doesn't sit with the accused and their attorney. It's not like when you see the court case when it's like both sides and then they they get get testimony from people. It's they're not even seeing the perpetrator and the they don't have a lawyer representing them. It is literally the like the government essentially going like look at all this stuff and make sure that we are this because like specifically in this case, this is a no body trial, right? He's still a missing person. And we've talked about a lot of these cases on the show where no body is a lot of times not enough evidence to convict somebody, even if it's pretty clear that they did something. Mm -hmm. So in this indictment, they presented all this evidence they have and gone like, this is probably enough to charge him with murder, right? So we should go to court. It's like the precursor to court. Basically. So you're not like wasting some other bozo's time, right? And also, I think just because it's so hard to charge somebody with a no-body murder, um, this, I think, uh, assists in getting a charge mm. to go through to conviction. That makes sense, kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> also, I think partly this happened because, as we'll talk about probably on next episode, he was released on bond <laughs> originally. So after he was arrested, he got out. Can you be like, wait, on bond for a murder trial? Mm-hmm. I didn't think you could do that. Well... Maybe his mommy loves him. We'll talk about why maybe that happened. I'm going to speculate that his mommy really loves him and her precious boy <laughs> He's a could good do no boy. wrong. Right. He's a good boy. So she took out her family, uh, like their whole, like drain their bank account. I'm just guessing. Oh, they don't even have to. We'll get into it. It's a, she didn't even have to go that far. Don't worry. Cool. Um, oh, so I'm right a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> right. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay, leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel. So, all of this... Is taking place in Mississippi. No. Yeah. I mean, that was my immediate reaction to my bones jumped out of my body, Natalie. Yeah. That's where a lot of my family's from. I get scared when I go there. And they're like, why don't you come on down and see us sometime? And I'm like, do you know the fear I have it's, when I land in that airport? I don't think I've ever even driven through there. And I, I would also I feel scared of it in like an irrational, like 
like suburban mom way. I'm just like, aren't they all going to kill me with a gun? I know. And it's um, not like no shade on like the individuals of Mississippi. Oh, sure, sure. You guys are great and like food's wonderful, you know, but it's just some of the culture. It freaks me out. Yeah, especially because it's so closed off and so self-governing in a lot of ways and they're their ideas of what's right and wrong are kind of scary sometimes, including like a woman um, walking around by herself. Like, right. I know it wasn't in Mississippi, but you, I remember that you were saying that in the South when you were a teen, it, you were eating alone at a restaurant and everyone freaked out about it. Like, it traveled around the town. They're yeah. like, Amber was eating alone. You're embarrassing everyone. It was at a fast food place. Like, it wasn't even, I think it was like a Burger King or something or a Wendy's. I don't know. I forget. I thought it was innocuous, but it was like, you've brought shame to the town. And it was like in Louisiana. Like yeah. It's not that far over. Right. So, yeah, I, I have that fear. And it is it's sort of the irony of some places like, you know, we have relatives who live in Florida and they think that Los Angeles is this like hell pit where everybody's just sucking each other off the second they get off the plane, right? which you're going to have to wait at least three days before you see somebody sucking somebody exactly. else's dick. Um, I but, mean, that's how I got ahead. Right. You know what I mean? I sucked off the devil. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Come on. <laughs> so, but it's more like these places where I'm terrified of everyone having just loose guns, loose family guns that they just shoot at people. Um, so this is all to say this is all taking place in Mississippi. It's at the bottom. Uh, this is also just statistically, Mississippi is at the bottom of the barrel as far as government and including like always at the bottom of the the you know the way that they do statistically the states the bottom of healthcare education infrastructure economy it's always like forty nine fifty for all of it yeah um, it seems like it would be very scary to be a gay person there. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. If you're from Mississippi and, and you're gay, please feel free to correct me. I'm sure there's pockets of gay community just like Jay had found. But I think a lot of Mississippi would be very scary to be like a an openly out gay person. Yeah. I think the only gay bar is in New Orleans. Like I can't even think of a gay bar around there. In Mississippi? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. New Orleans is probably like the hub of safety for yeah. that kind of thing. Um that's why I'm glad we don't have any kind of civil war situation, because if you are gay in Mississippi and you want to leave for that reason, you should be able to leave and not have to get a visa. Oh, you mean like separating the country or whatever? Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. You're right. Um, right. Because it's not everybody's fault that their state is garbage. <laughs> um you know, who may be partly at fault, though, their governor, uh, Tate Reeves, who may be one of the dumbest people I've ever listened to in U.S. politics. And. I'm not saying that lightly or to just, like, flame him. He is objectively a very not smart person. And he's a bad person. Yeah, I'm saying this directly. Wow. I mean, he's one of the worst in the government. Shots fired. I don't know a lot about him. He is. Well, he comes from a very, very closed-off conservative background, which is not a crime. But in, in doing that, he has not ever experienced any other kind of human being before. And so he thinks that he can control everyone into making this little um, image of what he grew up in. And it doesn't work. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care about anybody else's needs. It's about this, like, ideal. And in doing so, he has made his state – he didn't make it that this way, but he's not helping 
Are you looking at his face? Ew. Amber's making a face like she just smelled a fart. That's he what his face like looks like. He looks like clitoris. Yeah. He looks like a clitoris with glasses on. Yeah, he's got one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen, truly. Not that I'm saying to. Not that I'm saying to do yeah. it, but man, it's like he's begging for it. Um, so he's doing pretty much everything in his power to make the state a living hellscape for women and gay people in general. Um, queer people as well. It had it had one of also the highest death rates for COVID in the country due to inaction because he wanted to own the libs. The month it had the highest deaths in the country for COVID in 2021. He made a public statement that it was fine because Christians believe in an eternal life, so it doesn't matter if everyone dies. Fuck him. Yeah, he said Fuck that. Him. He said that publicly. So he has declared also, by the way, he has declared the month of April every year of his governorship as Confederate Heritage Month. That's your birthday month, Natalie. I know. Yep. I love it. Natalie. He's great. <laughs> You're like extra spicy. Ugh, God, he sucks, man. He's so awful. And yeah, and, and as a senator, they also have fellow cesspool human beings, sentient cesspool, Cindy Hyde Smith, uh, a vocal opponent of the LGBT community on pretty much every front, including preventing protections from being passed, as well as mostly her whole personality is being excited about guns, oh, pretty much. God. Um, she also like is really you know proud of like the Confederate flag. She's always in stuff with Confederate stuff, and um, she has been really active in trying to make sure gay people are killed. <laughs> basically, um, that's all to say that Jay's disappearance is likely to have been partly due to his identity and living in this state adds several more layers of complication, which we will talk about. Jay Lee would be 21 at this time, but at the time of his disappearance, he was 20. He had just graduated early, by the way, from the University of Mississippi with honors Hmm. after studying social work and business. Um, So last summer, it was supposed to be his first summer after college, and he had graduated early on a four-year program. Like, he was... He's smart. A smart guy, and this should have been one of the most exciting and prolific times of his life. Not to mention, he was studying social work, which is just like, oh, he's also a good person. Cool. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So, you know, accomplishing this massive feat of graduating college and looking to this long future ahead of him should have been his main, you know, what, what should have gone on that summer. He instead only got about a month of his life before going missing, though in likelihood it was more like a kidnapping instead of a missing case. Like, you know, he didn't disappear on his own volition. Um, We'll get back to that. But I mentioned that Jimmy was generally a feminine presenting man, but used he him pronouns. He's so cute. Look at him. Oh, wow. Wow. You click that little TikTok link, too. It just yeah. takes you over. It's one of the old videos of him. He just seemed like a really sweet guy. I mean, he's he's gorgeous. He's, is that he really to say? Is. No. I think he is gorgeous. All right. And I'm going to tell you later about one of his TikToks that you're going to – I'm not going to say love, but you're going to be really into um, because of the how eerie it is. Um, well, I'll tell you, it's a mysticism aspect of it. Oh, interesting. Um, so he was also really into drag. Um, a per- he performed drag. And his friends and colleagues described him as a dynamic performer and a joy to watch when he was on stage. There was a community drag night near the university, University of Mississippi, 
that he was known to frequent called Code Pink. This is scary. Sorry, I just got kind of scared. About him just like being the, there and like a the vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, in Mississippi? That's like a war zone for that. Yeah, so I say this all to say he was loud and proud out and, you know, an, uh, being a gay person. A bold decision in a place slathered in hate and secrets and fear and frankly filled with complete fucking willful ignorant idiots. There was another student who had just graduated from UM, had also studied business admin, and his name is Sheldon Timothy Harrington. All right, the three name. All yeah. right, that sounds like he definitely sounds like he has a bow tie. I mean, I'm sure he. There's pictures of him in a bow tie. Sheldon um, Timothy Harrington. Yeah, <laughs> and he was what Tate Reeves or Cindy Hyde Smith might call quote one of the good ones. Oh, is he also black? He's black, yes. And I'm sorry for being crude, but that is how they would talk about him because of his background. Interesting. Okay. Um. So when doing background research on Jay's story, sorry, I keep going back between Jimmy and Jay. I, I'm going to call him Jay from now on. Um. I had to really take a step back and assess whether I was unintentionally building a narrative for this because it was coming out so on the nose. I had to question whether my biases were coming into play. And and what I mean by that is that I'm openly very critical of high demand conservative religious circles due to their criminal behavior towards anyone who's not a straight white good old boy. Um, so I – worry that I'm like building this like mental narrative around this story because it's so generic almost in the way that it's like ridiculously homophobic uh, closeted violence Um, but and I really try not to create a storyline when I do these episodes to make a movie out of someone's life if that makes sense and an openly gay feminine presenting black man getting abused by a closeted upstanding member of the church whose community and his own self-loathing worked in tandem to create a rage monster just seems, again, really on the nose. But here we are because that seems like what happened. I think it's on the nose for a reason because it happens quite often. Yeah. So Harrington, again, his name is Sheldon Timothy Harrington, but he goes by Tim or Timothy. So I'm just going to call him that from now on. He comes from a well-respected family who helps run a conservative apostolic Christian church. Apostolic? Oh, where is that? Apostolic. Apostolic? I've never... I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, I had... I I have never heard of that, so I had to look it up when I was doing this, but... Sounds I, intense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my third, I was like, there's no way this is like a chill church. It sounds like the word apocalypse. Yeah. So, um... I really want to say the name of the church, but there are innocent children who go there, so I don't want to add fuel to this. But right. I found the church. And I'm sure there's some good people that go there. That I'm are sure just there's like perfectly fine people minding that go there. their business. Maybe they are conservative, you know, and they're probably just fine. And they're but they're not like invested in like sort of this like more aggressive sort of hate stuff. Yeah, they, that's just how they grew up and that's what they are. Right. So um so yeah, so the, his family is a part of this one specific apostolic Christian church in Mississippi. And like I said, I had to look up what the name means. Um, But like you immediately said, I didn't have a ton of hope that it was going to be not the worst. Yeah. Um, While there may be, you know, music in, in this church and even merriment at times, it 
like so many of its cohorts, is a layer of top coat slapped over a rotting, unstable support system. It's pretty much what you'd ex- expect. It's only men leaders, women expected to dress modestly, only one man, one woman relations, pretty adamant about not using birth control, etc. This kind of Christian church has really close connections to Mennonite churches. Mm. So even some of the branches of this kind of church, the women like have to cover their hair and stuff. Mm. Timothy's family are considered apostles in the church, which is in a part of Mississippi called Granada. I know Granada. Well, this is where that is taking place. I feel like I drove through there or I mean, I'm not familiar with it, but sorry. Yeah, no. Let's keep going. So Timothy's uncle is a Mississippi judge and the National Bar Association president. His name is Carlos Moore. Um, Again, Timothy is a capital U, capital C, upstanding citizen, according to the 69 letters that were sent to plead to let him out of jail. Letters from pastors, policemen, conservative Christian musicians, all sort of upstanding people. He's a good boy. He's so polite. He says, yes, sir, no, ma'am. Those were things that were said about him. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yes, sir, no, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody can do that. Do let's let's refer back to Josh Duggar, shall we? God, it's almost like to protect yourself, you have to kind of run in these circles. And then if you're, you know, a woman or queer, there's just so much of like taking away from your spirit mm-hmm. just to feel protected. Yeah, just to be accepted by anyone, to not be like completely alienated from yeah. your family and loved ones. Um, so. He came across as this very clean cut. I should have posted a picture of him. Hang on, if you want to look at him. Yeah. And I bet, you know, his parents probably worked really hard to get in their positions. I'm sure. You know? However... They they probably had to go through with their own struggles to get there. Of course. Oh, my God. I mean, absolutely. There's a bunch of really successful people in his family. My my concern comes more with what we're going to talk about now, which is like... It's more about making sure he looks right a certain way and not really what's in the core of him, just like maybe people around him. Like, who knows what his family's like? Maybe they're just really sweet and nice, but they also seem to be uh, in a headspace of you're not going to ever be gay. So don't even fucking think about it. Right. It's all in the eyes. We were talking about that earlier. Oh, 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 um, Amber's looking at a picture of him. Yeah, so he is very good looking. He's handsome, yeah. Um, he, he. Wow, he he yeah. So he might be a closeted homosexual, right? I don't think it's a might as much as he it is. is. Yeah. Um, Woo! All right. And I, I would add the caveat too. There's nothing evil or wrong about being closeted if that's what you you want to do. It's more of a matter of how you are manifesting that. Wanting to hide it. Right. And if it's if it's also if it's affecting if you were gay, your family would disown you. If you have these gay thoughts and these gay sexual fantasies, the amount of self-loathing and rage and hatred that gets built up in being closeted in that situation is like really dangerous. You want to make other people feel as bad as you feel. Right. Like, how dare you make me aroused? Kind Ugh. of. You know what I mean? Um, but this is such a common thread and trope unfortunately with sexual violence against gay people it's so often somebody who is furious at them for making them feel sexual feelings 
Right. In um, a world that they created for no reason. Right. Exactly. In a world that they've just like, like you said, a prison that they built for themselves. Like, let me out. And like, like, you have the key. Just open the door. <laughs> it's literally called coming out of the closet. Just fucking open the door. Right. Um, but I know it's, I know that there's like, this is why I'm bringing up the family and all this, because there are all these layers on top of it. Right? It's very dangerous for him to come out. Yeah. And also, he who knows, maybe he would never, his, you know, maybe his mother would never speak to him again. And that affects people. So Timothy, with all, you know, being a capital U, capital C, upstanding citizen, so clean cut, church going boy, went to college. The police love him, all that. Uh, on top of that, he hid a little secret um, that Timothy is gay or queer. That's pretty much not even a debate at this point. Um, Not only gay, but a person who seems to be harboring a lot of rage. Is that from having to hide his identity? I don't know. Was he going to be this way with violence, whether or not his family put a rainbow sticker on their minivan? I have no fucking idea. It's impossible to really tell, you know. But um, it's pretty clear that Timothy and Jay were involved in a sexual relationship. Not a long-term one, even, just a handful of months. Not many people knew about it, not because uh, Jay gave a shit, of course. Um, He wasn't intentionally hiding it. He just was, like, not in a serious relationship with him, so he wasn't, like, telling his friends about Mm -hmm. Timothy. Um, But Timothy certainly couldn't be caught having premarital sex with a man who did drag. Oh, yeah, that's a... Woo, that's a nail in the coffin right there. Might as well be fucking a murderer. It's the same, right? Um, So when Jay went missing in the early hours of July 8th, 2022, no one knew off the top of their heads to go check out Timothy's place because... They didn't know. Yeah. He was maybe somebody that Jay had, like, no feelings for but hooked up with a few times. But I think it... I, I can't determine this from what I've found specifically, but I do believe that Tim and Jay interacted in school because Timothy also was graduating that year and they had similar tracks as far as business classes went. So I imagine that they knew each other from school. They might have met in class. Right. So, but still no one like would place them together and So nobody thought to check Timothy's place whenever they couldn't find Jay that morning. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side... 
It's going to be great. So we have a fair amount of evidence as to why Timothy's sitting in jail, because you wouldn't necessarily correlate them from the surface. But obviously enough has come out that he has been indicted. Right. Um, and from what the little context that we have it, from the public, it seems as though Timothy was pretty angry about his sexual I- identity. And then that can lead to these sort of things. This is from the human rights as a community, LGBTQ plus people face higher rates of poverty, stigma, and marginalization, which puts us at greater risk for sexual assault. We also face higher rates of hate-motivated violence, which can often take the form of sexual assault. Moreover, the ways in which society both hypersexualizes LGBTQ plus people and stigmatizes our relationships can lead to intimate partner violence that stems from internalized homophobia and shame. Uh, and that was obviously sp- written in first person that wasn't you saying i wrote it natalie <laughs> you wrote it okay <laughs> um so yes and there's another a term called compulsory heterosexuality oh. which is in essence the feeling that a man might get from his community that there's just one option of being it, it occurs for women and non-binary people too but i'm re- referencing it in what might have happened in this case if mm. timothy harrington did in fact murder Jay Lee. he's again and been indicted um And like I mentioned, also, violence against gay and queer men and trans women is loads higher than against straight men. 26% of gay men and 37% of bisexual men experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner, compared to 29% of heterosexual men. 40% of gay men and 47% of bisexual men have experienced sexual violence other than rape, compared to 21% of heterosexual men. So... Basically, also on all of the stats that I've found everywhere, bisexuality has by far the highest rate. And I'm not entirely sure why that is, Hmm. if that is an outdated um, idea of bisexuality or or why um, it's so much higher in bisexual people. But um, essentially, again, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked to hear that sexual violence on gay men is a lot of higher percentage than sexual violence on straight men, Hmm. Um, especially with an intimate partner. So I also have a theory, and I think smarter people have said this before, too, that straight men hate gay men a lot because they're afraid that gay men are going to treat them like how they mm, treat women. That makes sense. That's I think that's true of so many like bad behaviors is like you think other people are bad because you in your head you would do the bad thing that yeah. they're not doing. Yeah. Like a lot of times with like calling people groomers, like people, trans people going to the bathrooms because, you know, you know, people in your life who are sex perverts. And so you're like, everyone must be a sex pervert. That's right. And I think, you know, off topic, but a lot of boomers are so upset about the groomers, I think, because a lot of them were groomed. Yes, A lot of them did get married at 16, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. And like a much older man, and they were probably raped by their father. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think that's really true and accurate. And um, I hate to keep bringing up the Duggars, but they're so much of a model for all of this. Like, after Michelle Duggar found out about all this stuff her son had done. She did like the robocalling saying we can't let trans people into the bathrooms because they're going to molest little girls, knowing that her son was one. Um, It's uh, whatever. So I want to go over the timeline a little bit. On July 8th, 2022, Jay's mom calls in a missing persons report because 
Say what you will about millennials and Gen Z always being on their phones, but his mom knew right away something was wrong because she couldn't locate his iPhone and him having his phone off for hours would have been considered unusual. Yes. It also happened to be her birthday, (gasps) which is sad. And they were extremely close. They had a really tight relationship. They talked on the phone all the time. Jay had sent her a birthday text at 2 a.m. that morning, but the fact that he hadn't called her at all that day was not something he would normally do. What she or the police didn't know at the time was that Jay had had some Snapchat conversations the previous evening and that morning with Harrington. Lee's friends didn't know Harrington, like I said, and as many 20-year-olds do, Jay was hanging out with different people from time to time, and his friends only knew that he was hooking up with some guy that night. What we know now is that the evening of July 7th, Jay had blocked Timothy on Snapchat for something that had happened between them. So at this point in July last year, they had already been hanging out with each other for a few months. The day before he went missing, Jay blocked Timothy on Snapchat, which is where they usually spoke to each other. Um, We don't know for sure what happened because it was something that happened in person, as far as I know. Timothy then created an alt account or used an alt account to contact Jay again because now that Timothy was blocked, he still wanted to talk to Jay. And so he made a different account and reached out to Jay. In the reports, they used modest language to describe their Snapchat conversation, not reading the text off verbatim because they involve sexual discussions. But I wanted to read them here because I think they provide specific context that matters. So first off, like I said... We know that Jay had blocked Timothy for some reason. Here on, the, on July 7th where, is where he contacts Jay from this alt account the evening before his mother reports him missing. This is over Snapchat. I'm, I'm going to be Jay and Amber's going to be Timothy. And it's like text language. So it's just going to not always necessarily be like a, a fluid conversation. But right. we can get from, stuff from it. So I, this is Jay. Who the fuck is this? Question mark. What did you just delete? You made it like this. Come back. You coming or nah? No. Why not? Question, question. So here's, it's a little graphic. You just wouldn't even eat my ass one hour ago after I cleaned and everything. And then you proceed to nut in my mouth. Hopefully you ain't been fucking nobody raw than ask if I'm going to stop harassing you now and that you want to stop linking. You know how much of an asshole move that is? You're foul. Like, you done did some questionable shit, but that there, that was too much. Have a good night, Tim. You Now it seems like you're trying to lure me over there to beat my ass or something. So, oh. in that interaction, what I take from that is that Timothy did something physical to Jay that Jay did not like or consent to, and that Jay decided he was done with Timothy. So in that exchange, Jay further expresses that he felt as though Tim had done other egregious things, but that this bit of sexual uh, abuse was the tipping point for him. As Tim won't admit to any of this to this day, we don't fully know what happened between them. But was it a shame-based sexual violence? It's possible. Yeah. It goes on. Mm, Okay. What, you keep deleting and that's just okay? I misspelled something. Okay, I'll do it. 
you know if you try something fast, it wouldn't end up good for you, right? What do you mean something fast? Like try to hurt me or some shit. I know. Possibly later tonight. I told you I'm leaving later today. LOL. Okay. We finna see if you lying. Lying about? Making it up. I'm coming. What that mean? Has there ever been a scent before? I'm asking. So that just goes off into another conversation. So this is what they were discussing the night of July 7th. And in this, we're missing a little bit of the text in between, but this isn't the same conversation. This is like the one we just did back to back. Those were happening within the same 10 minutes. And at some point, it sounds like to me that whatever happened in between those two two interactions, Tim convinced Jay to come over and that he would make it up to him, whatever he had done. In the grand tradition of cyclical abuse, Jay agrees to come over. No, never. It's just like when they had the passports in the other story and they're like, oh, we just got to go back and get the passports. And they like lured them back in. Yeah. So... It sounds like Jay was already wary of violence as well in these chats. It sounds like to me, if he had never experienced violence from Tim before, it would have been a little out of left field for him to bring it up in these Snapchat conversations. Because several times in this conversation, Jay is saying, "I don't try something fast with me because you're, it's not going to end well for you if you try to hurt me. I'm worried you're going to beat the shit out of me, like stuff like that. I'm going to guess that it wasn't all consensual violence before. Mm. And if I had to completely guess, I would guess that perhaps during their hookups in the past, Tim went from being sexual and doing consensual things to becoming aggressive or violent or verbally abusive to Jay. Probably because he was upset. It made him so happy. Yeah. I mean, upset that he was like pleased with having sex with a man. Yes, exactly. Turned violent. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's I think that's completely possible, at least, right, um, that this was a, maybe a pattern with Tim and, and that Jay had finally decided to block him after this last whatever happened between the two of them when they were having sexual relationship. He blocked him on Snapchat. And that was then Tim finding his way back to Jay's snap. And he manipulated him back over to his house. Ugh. So this conversation happened again on July 7th of 2022 in the evening. Jay's friends say that he was a night owl and it would have been totally normal for him to be up and doing things in the wee hours of the morning. Hence, his mom getting a birthday text at 2 a.m. It wouldn't be totally strange that he left his house that morning, now July 8th, at first time 4 a.m., then returning, only only to leave again at 5.58 a.m., both times in his black Ford Fusion. So it wasn't super weird because they ended up finding surveillance footage. Um, It wouldn't be completely out of character for him to just be driving around somewhere at 4 a.m. because he was just a night owl. He worked at night a lot. He did stuff at night. This was captured all like him getting in the car and everything was captured by University of Mississippi CCTV because Jay was still living on campus, having only graduated a couple weeks prior While we don't know exactly what happened when Jay and Tim met up that morning, there are reasons to believe that not only did they meet up, but that Tim did something to Jay that was premeditated, as opposed to meeting up to try to make amends, and then something sour happened and something unintentional happened. And one of the biggest reasons to believe this is that once the police had narrowed in on Tim and they went through all of his 
search history on his computer, they discover that Tim had Googled, How long does it take to strangle someone, Gabby Petito? Whoa! At 5.56 a.m., two minutes before the surveillance camera caught Jay getting into his car and leaving his apartment, presumably to go meet Tim. So they were having all those Snapchat discussions. They made these plans. And then, so basically when in that Snapchat discussion, Tim convinced Jay to go over that morning because in the snaps he was saying, I'm leaving the state in the evening. You can't come over tomorrow night. And so if you want to make this, if you want to make up and like get together, you have to come over this early this morning. Holy shit. And then he was just like, all right, I got to do it now. Yeah. I got to get him now. Because also, what if he left the state? And it was like, oh, I used to have sex with that, mm-hmm. you know, that lawyer's son, right. that judge's son. That like makes the whole family look bad. And, right. it, you know, it's all about appearance, Natalie. Mm-hmm. I think that you're not wrong. <laughs> um, that's all speculation, of course, at this point. But we're, this is from what we're, we're seeing happen. So he left two minutes before he walked out the door to get into his car to drive to presumably Tim's. This is what Tim is Googling. Um, so that would suggest that as soon as Tim knew that Jay was coming to meet him, he searched that question. Shortly before he searched that question, he was also looking at graphic transgender porn. Now, while Jay's community made it clear that Jay was not trans, he did present more feminine, and it could be asserted that Tim perhaps was a closeted queer and held attractions to both men and trans women. Watching trans porn and looking at violent questions within minutes of each other could further suggest that this was an act of shame-based sexual violence. Was it intended just to serve Tim's sexual needs and it got out of hand, or was the plan the whole time to kill Jay because of the desire that he brought out in Tim and perhaps the fear of being caught? Also, there could be a, you know, a different cause for this, but if we are to use the information that we have, this seems like at least a plausible scenario. This is so sad. Yeah, it's a, it sucks. Um, I, I want to stop it here. Uh because I, next episode, I want to talk about the aftermath of what happened after he went missing and the court, all of the court proceedings that have happened at this point. Oh, because this point. everybody called in and they're like, but he says, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yeah. It's a really big bummer. <laughs> uh, but it, this is so common. And it's why I wanted to talk about it in this context, because it doesn't matter if somebody says, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and has a tucked in shirt. It does not mean you're a good person. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. But that doesn't mean that you can't kill somebody, especially if you're telling that same person with the tucked in shirt that they can't have sex with a, a guy. Yeah, you can't just murder people. And this is it's just so scary in this state. I mean, he might get off because he, you know, might, quote unquote, maybe might have killed a, a, a drag artist. And they don't see the state doesn't see drag artists as as good people. I would say you, you could be completely correct, if not for Jay's friends and family who have been. Very vocal publicly and has drawn national attention. I think if they had not done that work, that it this just man could have very easily gotten off. Walked. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, but his friends are not having it. And I'm so I respect them so much for how much they're fighting for him to get attention, this case to get attention. And ultimately, Tim obviously had some part of his disappearance. It's likely that he was killed, but we don't know. Maybe he left state. We don't know. Maybe he was like, maybe fuck it, I got to go. And let's just hope that, you know? And maybe he's like, I got to change my name. And like, I'm scared of Tim. Yeah, what if he's know? threatened? 
I hope that's true. Is it likely? No, it's not. But I think that we should still hold out hope. I hate whenever the missing cases just become like automatic murders and we don't really have the full evidence. But right. that person still was involved in the disappearance and he needs to be punished. And, you know, in the case that he did murder Jay, he should never get out of jail again in his life. Um, and uh, I think it's important to keep having these discussions about what good is it doing if if you're want to present this image, but you're causing so much self-loathing and like internalized rage that you become violent? Again, when you look at the Josh Duggar thing, there's so many preventative moments that could have he could have been helped and not become a violent rapist who's yeah. like obsessed with. It just takes one person to step in and say this is wrong, right? Just to say, like you're allowed to. Have, it's the, I think it's the dulling of the sexual drive is what makes people crazy because you have sexual. If you're not asexual, you have sexual urges and sexual needs. Yeah, that it's not bad and inherently evil. When it gets repressed and repressed and repressed and shamed, then sometimes you become like this man or a Josh Duggar. You know, it's just like we can't. What's the point? It, like. I know some people want to hurt gay people, but for the most part, a lot of people would rather people not get murdered yeah. for just being alive. So I think it's important to talk about it from this lens. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about the aftermath of well, after he went to s- missing and, and the really fucking weird way the court's been handling this case and, and what happens whenever good old boys have friends who are in the courts and like how easy it is to get away with crimes. Oh, right. Yeah. Like Murdoch's anybody. Yeah. Wasn't there a girl? And I know it's a different story. She had to pay her rapist child support. Cause it was yeah, just, we talked about that um, last season. I yeah. Because it it's just a bunch of good old boys in the court system. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I just saw a, a story, um, uh, a 69 year old former police officer was trying to pay a 14-year-old for sex, and he got two days in jail. Two days? Aw. Yep. He was caught in a sting trying to pay a 14-year-old child to have sex, and it was not—it was a cop on the other side, but he he just went into the darkness. He's definitely not molesting other kids. I know that for sure. Oh, is he still in, in like, working? No, his big punishment was he was fired. So. I mean, at least he's fucking fired. He's still out there trying to have sex with children. You don't just do that once when you're 69 years old. And yeah. Like, I think I'll try having sex with a child today. He is a cryptid predator. Yeah. But don't worry. He got two uh, two days in jail. So yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. Did, did you see the post? The guy that like on his birthday, he's like, I have to go to court on my birthday because he like tried to storm the Capitol on January 6th. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, he's a 36 year old man. He's like, I have to go to court on my birthday. All I did was storm the Capitol. It's like, all right. They're all fucking children, man. They really are. <laughs> yes. I've had it today. I know. Um, all right. That's enough for that's enough trauma for today. That's enough trauma for today. Um, join us next week. We are still saucy per and greasy. I'm Natalie Jean. Amber Smelson. And you can follow us at someplace underneath. And you follow me at the Natalie Jean. Amber Smelson. And that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.